that many times we think about things that we want to change. And that is a really good thing because all of us have things that we would like to change and quite frankly, things that we need to change. Now the good news is, is that Scripture talks about the fact that God wants to transform Form us. And I want you to know God is able to transform you. But with that, there are some things that we've got to understand. How does that happen? How does transformation happen? You know, it's already been talked about. Uh, you know, people make resolutions, and if you look at the percentage of the people that are able to carry those out, it's really small. Why is that? Well, we're going to be talking about why many times people do fail, and we're going to be talking about how we can be successful in that. One of the things to understand, first off, God is sovereign. Many of us have this idea because this is something our culture teaches. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. Lie. Absolute lie. You have set yourself up for absolute failure. Failure. You are going to fall on your face. You are going to be so mad at life. You are going to be mad at God. It's just don't go down that pathway. The scripture we're going to look at this morning and many other scriptures declare that God is sovereign. What's that mean? That means that there are certain things that God declares and there are certain parameters that he sets up and you cannot change that. You did not decide where you would be born. God decided that. And, and as the scripture we're going to look at this morning talks about, God decides, decides when nations are going to rise, when nations are going to fall. He decides their boundaries. He decides these things. He is sovereign. So you've got to understand from the very front, there are certain things that God sets up, and, and if you want to try and go against that, you, you might as well find a brick wall and just start beating your head against it. it, it you're, you're not going to do anything. Now, on the other hand, some of us take that sovereignty that, that, that the Bible declares, and we think that God absolutely controls everything. No, 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 no. God has chosen not to completely control you. There are certain ways that he's made you. There are certain boundaries he's given you and so on. But he made you in such a way that you must respond. Why did he do that? Because he wants a relationship with you. You've heard me say this many times in the scripture we're going to look at this morning declares this. There's nothing God needs from you. Absolutely nothing at all. But the one thing he desires from you is a relationship, and he desires a genuine relationship. Now, God tells us about things that, that we should be fearful of when it comes to him, but primarily what he's looking for is he wants you to respond in love when you see his vast love for you. Now, the reality is, is that if you reject him, there are going to be consequences. There's going to be an ultimate punishment if you ultimately, because that he's king and, and that's just the way it is. But understand, here's what God wants. He wants you to know his deep love for you so that you will then respond in love. He doesn't want somebody who's just responding to him because they're scared of what he's going to do. That's not what he's looking for. I mean, is that what you want out of anyone? I mean, for the short term, you might. You're like, I just want him to do what I want him to do. 
But when it comes to relationship, what we want is we want people to respond in love. And so that's what God's looking for. So as we look to change, the way that that happens is, first of all, we recognize that we don't get to decide everything. And so here's what we've got to do. We've got to take the things that we want change and we want to go to God and we want to, first of all, say, God, is this something that you want changed? Okay. I mean, if you want to become healthier, I think that's probably something that he's in, you know, up for. He's probably thinking, yeah, that would be a really good thing because if you're a healthier person, guess what? You're going to be more available to serve others. If I'm not in a healthy place, guess what? I can, I'm limited in how I can serve others. So we want to take those things to God. But then how do we get there? Well, many times there are things that we do in our life that specifically go against the goals we have. We sabotage ourselves. We sabotage ourselves. And many times the sabotage is based in some kind of sin. What do I mean by sin? Sin is essentially when I say, I want it this way. And God says, it will be this way. No, 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 I want it this way. And, and, and it's an intense battle within us. I mean, it is super intense, and we're going to talk about the intensity of that. So the way that we find changes, we take to the Lord. Lord, what do you think about this? And then here's, here's what we've really got to do. We've got to seek to abide, and we've heard that mentioned this morning, abide in the Lord moment by moment. You've probably discovered life is really hard. Life is hard. Why is life hard? Because part of it is a setup by God to drive you to Him. Because you were created in such a way that you actually need Him moment by moment. You say to yourself, well, I don't want to need Him moment by moment. Well, that's again, it's one of those truths. That's how you were created. And when you humble yourself and when you say, okay, God, I'm going to try to seek you moment by moment, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find joy and you're going to find transformation. That's what you're going to find. When you're like, God, you know, I'll take some of this stuff that you want to give, but I'm the one in control here. You're going to find yourself miserable. You're going to find yourself hitting your head against a wall and, and it's just, it's going to be ugly and God's, God loves you. But he's not going to change things for you. He's just going to let you go along until you finally say, okay, dad, you, you're in control. Let, let's do it your way. And that's when we find joy. That's when we find transformation. All right, the scripture I want to go to is found in Acts 17, beginning in verse 24. And in this chapter, um, the Apostle Paul was talking to some people that did not know the Lord. And this was a way that he was introducing the Lord to these people. Now, this culture that he was speaking to is a lot like ours in that there's a lot of spiritual people out there. And they love to sit around and talk about spiritual things and so on, you know. Um, and they like to hear new things. But they like being in control. They don't like, you know, serving really, you know, they, they want to choose the God that they serve, you know, the one that gives them the best deal kind of a thing. Well, Paul's here and he's sharing the one true God because there is one true God. There are other powers out there, but they're dark powers. 
There is one true God, and He is the Creator. And so Paul's going to tell them a little bit about this God, and I want to share this with you this morning. Beginning in verse 24 of Acts 17, reading out of the New Living Translation, it says, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. That's including you. Since He is Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples. And part of the reason that he's bringing this out is because these people were like carving images and then they were worshiping or they would create a building and say, he lives here. Uh, Paul's saying he's so much bigger than this. And this is what we like to do. Again, we like to try and make God into an image, number one, we understand. And number two, one that serves whatever desires that we have. And people do this today with the one true God. They do it with Jesus. They they will say, well, I follow Jesus, but I believe this, this, and this, and it's things that go directly against the word. Well, guess what? They don't serve Jesus. They serve an idol. If I'm going to serve Jesus, I'm going to follow the God that Scripture declares him to be. Okay, so... Verse 24, he goes on, and in verse 25, he says, And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. Now, here's what this means. (laughs) This means that there's not a whole lot of negotiation here. God, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Well, guess what? He's not moved by that because there's nothing he needs from you. Now, does he ask things from you? Yes, he does. Why does he ask things from you? Because it's all about what you need. Okay? I I give money. Why do I give money? Because God needs it? No, because I need it. Because otherwise, what I do is I start to think I'm in control and I start to, you know, try to serve myself. And, and so, uh, and also I get into this giving thing when I, when I trust the Lord and, and I learn to trust Him. And so, uh, you know, service, you know, does God need you to serve? No, but does He call you to serve? Absolutely. Why? Because it is the path to you finding joy and transformation um, out of the things that you want transformation out of. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. He is the one who satisfies every need. Many times there are things that we start to think, that's going to satisfy me if I can get that. You know, some kind of uh, pleasure or some kind of position or some kind of relationship. And uh, for many of us, the more we experience in life, we, you know, we just find it's true. <laughs> None of these things that we think are going to satisfy us actually do. We get to that point. You know, we, we, we think if I can just win the big game, you know, if I can have my name written up somewhere, I'm going to be so happy. As soon as you get there, you're just like, man, I, I thought this was going to do something and it didn't. And so, you know, you look to something else. God is the thing that satisfies. And so if you're going to find change in your life, first of all, the focus has to be I'm going to abide in the Lord moment by moment. I was listening to a podcast this week from a pastor uh, who developed this app that it would go off every 60 minutes. 
Um, and, and he asks people that for 60 days they take this app and every time it goes off, you stop what you're doing and you, you recalibrate and focus on the Lord. And he said that it changes people's lives. And I can imagine this. He shared some of his own struggles where, you know, he's in a little dispute with his wife. They're having a little argument and all of a sudden the thing goes off and it's like, ah, I don't have time for this right now. I'm in the middle of winning an argument. Thank you very much. But, but it, it can radically change you because it's at those points that we go into our flesh, right? We're winning an argument, you know, whatever it is. And then that sets us up for like days of being mad and, you know, being right, you know, because that brings you a lot of joy, being right. No, it doesn't. So he, he's talking about how we, we, it can change our lives when we learn to abide in the Lord moment by moment. He actually is the one who will satisfy your needs. And by the way, some of you have this bad idea about God that, Following God means that he wants to take away everything that's joyful and just make you miserable. That's totally false. God loves to bless you. Now, sometimes he'll withhold things because it's actually what's good for you. That's what a good parent does, by the way. But he loves to bless you. He loves to put you in places where, um, you, you know, you are using your gifts and, and you are enjoying what you're doing. He loves to do those things. So don't let the enemy, don't let other people, you know, maybe you've seen some uh, actually, you know, religious person who didn't actually know Jesus. You look at them and they're like, they're miserable, you know, and, and you're like, I, I don't want to be that. Well, guess what? Those people don't actually know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you're going to have joy in your heart, even if you're sitting in a jail cell. Okay, you're, you're going to have that joy in your heart when you are actually abiding in him. So verse 26 then says, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided when beforehand, when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So I want you to hear that. There are certain boundaries that God sets up in this world, and, and, and this is the way that he's designed it, and no matter what you do, you're not going to change it. Now again, you can do this in your life or, or with other things. You can say to yourself, well, I don't like that. I'm going to fight against it. I'm going to make a change in it. If it's one of those things that God has said, no, this is the way it is, you're going to be miserable. Okay, here, here's one that, that we hear dealt with all, all the time right now. God decides what sex you are. If you say to yourself, I don't like this. No, this doesn't match my feelings. I want to be something different. Okay, if you want to go that route, you, you can. God's going to let you go that route. You're going to be absolutely miserable. You're going to be absolutely miserable. And so what I want to say to you is that if you want joy, if you want peace, then even if your feelings go against what God says, you say, okay, my feelings are wrong. God, help me change my feelings. And I want, I want you to hear this. It's possible. How do I know that? Because I've experienced it. Because I've got all kinds of feelings that go against what God says in his word. And you know what it's called? It's called sin. I still deal with it on a daily basis. And when I give into it, guess what? It makes me miserable. 
But when I say, okay, God, I'm having these feelings, but you declare that this is wrong, God, I need you to come in and change this. Well, as I focus on the Lord, and, I, and, and, it, and it doesn't always happen overnight, by the way, but as I focus on the Lord, He gives me the grace, He gives me the power, and ultimately what I find is joy. But when I go against God and I'm like, no, I'm going to have it my way, it's miserable. Verse 27, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Did you hear that? What's his purpose? Why does he set up these boundaries? Because you need to understand that you are not God. You're not God. And the longer that you try to pretend that you are, the more miserable you're going to be. So anytime that you set up a, a goal, something that you want to shoot for, you need to ask the Lord, Lord, is, is this what you want? Even if it's not something bad, okay? For instance, you see a job and you're like, I really like that job. I want to do that job. And it's not a bad job. It's not a bad profession. You still need to ask the Lord, Lord, is that what I should be doing? Because if he's declared that, no, that's not what you should be doing, that's for Bill or Sue to do, I've got this over here for you, you're going to be miserable pursuing that. And this is really hard stuff because we get things in our mind. I mean, I've shared about this before. I did not want to be a pastor. I was miserable for years because I would not enter the pastorate because I was pursuing other things because I had feelings, okay? And my feelings did not line up with being a pastor. Pastors were for wimps. I wanted to do something that was more heroic, okay? Something that was more dangerous. I didn't want to be a pastor holding people's hands when they're sick and stuff. I got other things to do. And God's like, okay, son, well, have your way. And so I'm out there hitting my head against the wall, you know? Eventually, one day, I'm like, God, this isn't much fun. Can I do something else? Oh, yeah, you can do the thing I was asking you to seven years ago. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. You see what I'm saying? It's not always about sin. It's about, God, what do you want me to do? Verse 28. For in Him we move, or I'm sorry, for in Him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. Now again, what that was all about was about controlling God. We're going to make Him into an image. Now we don't see people in our culture making these images. You do see it in other cultures. But again, even when people have the Word, they are molding the Word into what they want. I mean, going against things that Anybody who read it would be like, that's what it says. Well, no, you've got to understand the blah, blah, blah. And what they're doing is, is they're molding. Okay, They're molding the Word. The, the Word is written in such a way that you can understand it. You don't have to have a degree. you just got to be able to read. Even if you can't read, you can listen to the Word. And you can understand what God's saying. But it takes humility. It's saying, God, I, I'm going to listen to you, and I'm not going to try to tell you who's God. Verse 30. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now He commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to Him. Now, I want you to see this. 
there is a response that God calls for, a response that can change your life. Is God sovereign? Yes. There are certain things that he sets up, and you're not going to change it. However, for you to receive his promises, his goodness, all of that, there's something that only you can do. And there's some people who teach this theology that know God's even the one that decides this. Baloney. That is not Scripture. That is not Scripture. You must decide. And if you are unwilling to repent, and I want to talk about what repentance is. Repentance is being specific. God, I have sinned here. Sometimes what we do with repentance is we hear people saying things like, well, you know, I'm not a perfect person. You know, I've got some, you know, we call them shortfalls, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, God, you know, just forgive me of those things. Help me out. Yeah, that's, that's not repentance. Repentance is, God, <laughs> right now, I want this. Or, God, I did this. And, and, and we're being specific. Uh, James talks about if we want healing, confess our sins to one another. That doesn't mean going up to people you know and saying, now by the way, this is going to shock you, I'm not perfect. Okay, anybody who's around you already knows that. And they already know most likely the sins that you're suffering from. They're just waiting for you to say it. And that's the thing. I've got to say it. All of you around me can know it, but if I don't say it, I don't have freedom. And if I don't say it, the consequences are unbelievable. I want to share something with you, and I'm really mad about this. I am really mad uh, um, about someone that I love dearly. When I was in Bible college, okay, um, I didn't have the experience that Eli is about to have. Instead, I was in an intellectual, academic place that approached the word from the mind and the mind alone. And I was getting frustrated with it because I went there to know more about God and to know him more. And I was getting frustrated. But then God allowed me to cross paths with this other guy. And this guy was highly intelligent. Uh, he had previously been studying to be um, a medical doctor, but God had called him into the ministry, so he's highly intelligent. But what he began to show me in the word is that there's a person called Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's real. And Holy Spirit speaks to you. And Holy Spirit has power. And as I began to look into the Word and understand that He was right, I then began to experience Holy Spirit. And man, it totally changed my life because I wasn't making it in the dead religious stuff. I needed a real God who was there for me right now and could move within me. And so, because of what God did through this person, it changed my life. And we had a great relationship, so much so that when I married my wife, I had him standing up there with me. When I first came to this church, I, the first year I was here, I had him come and preach a revival service. That's back when we still did revival services. Um, because he taught about the Spirit. And there were some people that kind of got their feathers ruffled by it. But he was speaking about the Spirit. And uh, he, he was tremendously gifted. He was so gifted that God later 
Um, and this was a desire of his heart. He always desired to lead this church uh, in the town that he grew up in, and it, and it was a city, okay? It was a large city, and this church was a powerful church that everybody knew about. Well, God created the opportunity, and, and he was leading this church, um, and so, you know, it was just his dream come true. Well, then one day, I find out he's stepping away from it, and I'm like, what? This was your dream. So I call and talk to him. I'm like, what's going on? Well, you know, we were just having some theological differences. You know, I'm just starting to, you know, think more this way. And it's just some differences. And I'm like, that's a bunch of baloney. He's given me a line. This is, this is not true. And so I press him a little bit, you know, but he, he's unwilling to be real with me. So I let it go for more. Well, then, you know, I go up and visit him. And, and I sit him down, and I'm talking to him, and, and I feel the Lord putting some things on my heart that I want to say to him. So I start saying, and, and these are trying to encourage him. And when you know what I get from him? Nothing. He's just like, now his wife is sitting there shaking her head, and, and you know, she's being encouraging, and, uh, but, but I'm getting nothing from him. And so I'm like, man, you know, maybe I'm not hearing from the Lord. I really thought that was the Lord, but I'm not getting anything from him. So, you know, we just kind of move on. Well, I visit him another time and I go to the church that he's now a part of and he's preaching at. And, you know, he does his thing. And then afterwards we go out to eat and, you know, because we're close friends, he says, well, what'd you think? And I say to him, you know, it was really good, professor. And I say professor because it was like sitting in a, a college class. And it was so weird because he was the spirit guy. And now he's like, I, I mean, it, it, it was a college lecture. And I was a little bit like, you know, okay, yeah, he's intelligent and all that. But I, I just, I, I didn't understand it. So anyways, days go on. So two days ago, I get a call and it's his wife. And she says, I just need to tell you that he took his life. I'm mad. I am so mad. Why did he do that? Let me tell you why he did that. Because he had things going on in his life that he would not talk to me about. That's why. I guarantee you. And I don't know exactly what it was, but I guarantee you that's what it was. And I guarantee you he was feeling shame. And that he felt like life could never change. Why do I tell this to you? Just to let you know I'm mad? No. Because I want you to hear this. You have the ability to be changed. I don't care what it is. You have the ability to be changed. Number one, you've got to be open. You've got to talk to people. And then when God tells you to do something, you've got to say, okay. And then number two, you've got to be willing to get rid of your sin. Because the reality is, is that sometimes I don't want to get rid of my sin. And God's got to keep taking me through pain, taking me through pain. Why is he doing that? He doesn't love me? No, because I'm still wanting to hold on to it. And he knows that if I will let go of it, I will find joy and peace like I've never known. But I've got to trust him with it. And my friend that I loved and I would have done anything for I would have crossed an ocean for him, didn't even let me know. He just, I'm done. Any one of us could be that person. Any one of us here. As a matter of fact, there's probably some of you right now who are struggling with things and you're not letting anybody know. Listen to me. You need to be open. Because what's that, what that is, is pride. That's pride that says, I'm not going to change. 
Well, you can keep that, okay? God is sovereign, but He's not going to make you change. God is able to change you. He's able to transform you. But the way that that happens is through what we just read. He's calling everyone to repent. What does repent mean? It means that I'm honest with what I'm struggling with, not, oh, I know I'm not perfect and I've got some shortcomings. No. And find some people that you can be real with. Because part of the reason that we're not real is because of this. And we've all seen this. We've got religious people who, when you confess your sin, they're like, oh, that's terrible. Listen, if that happens, you let me know. Okay? I will address that person. Because that is not God. I will address that. God forgives. Now, does that mean that if you sin, we're going to be like, oh, that's okay? No, we're going to call sin, sin. But when a person confesses and they're wanting to turn, we're not going to shame you. We're going to come alongside and we're going to say, child, I'm in the same boat. And there's one who's perfect, who's able to change us, and we are going to look to him. You can be changed. Do you want to be changed? It's possible. But if you set out to just try and do it on your own, you're going to be like the majority of the people that make resolutions and can't follow through. But if you really want to change, take it to the Lord. Ask the Lord, Lord, why do I keep entering into these patterns? There's usually a reason. And it's usually based in sin, but that's okay. We're all struggling with it. We're all in the same boat. But we have one who can set us free. Do you want to be a part of that? It's available for you right now, okay? Um, but find someone that you can trust. Find someone that you can trust. I'm available if you think you can trust me. If you don't think you can trust me yet, you know, give me some time. Um, but, but I want to be there for you. I want to walk with you. Um, I want to see you set free because I want more and more freedom for myself. God, thank you. Thank you 